0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics. I'm Gareth and I'm Jay. This week we are wrapping up a quick review on the first season and a little bit of a flashback on the comic side of things as well for Umbrella Academy. Um, Jay, what's your what's your ba- background on Umbrella Academy? Um, only as apart from selling the
1: comics themselves, mm-hmm. it's pretty much just watching the show. It's one of the few adaptations I wasn't familiar with the source material first, but the way we sell it in store, it was something
0: when they announced the show, I knew I had to check out. You were at least kind of familiar with it existing, weren't you? Absolutely. Um, Did you find that was a nice change for yourself, especially I know you're normally pretty good with being on top of original content before the adaptations happen.
1: Yeah, it is because when, even when you get to the Marvel movies and any adaptations, I have so much pre-knowledge that I always find it harder to just shut my brain off and enjoy. Whereas this, Not having anything, I just knew, oh,
0: it's popular, it must be good. You just kind of came in going, oh, we'll see what happens rather than, oh, they haven't adapted this right, they haven't done this, they haven't done that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't sit there with my arms folded like, well, that's not correct. (laughs) (laughs) But I do that anyway, so it's fine. Um, It was interesting, I will say, it was interesting for me watching this because it has been about 10 years since I've read the comic books. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was was odd because I could tell some things weren't the same, some story bits, some story beats have been combined from like, volume one and volume two into this first season. Yeah. But it wasn't to the point of being jarring or anything. And it wasn't like like you said, I didn't sit there at any point folding my arms, going, Well this is different. This is wrong. I don't like it. Like yeah. it was it was different, but it was yeah, it was entertaining. We'll we'll get into that further as we go along. Um for anyone not familiar, Umbrella Academy was created in two thousand and seven by uh, Gerard Way and Gabriel Barr. Uh, published by Dark Horse. Um this was ridiculous in terms of success when it first got released. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with Jared Way because of his background as the singer and songwriter for My Chemical Romance. So there was a lot of preconceived notions both ways about the comic. Like there was a lot of people who loved the band or hated the band, who either were feet first diving into the comic, whether they read comics before this or not. And there was a lot of people the other way who went, ah, oh, fuck that, I'm never reading that, that guy's involved. Yeah, um, yeah, that was definitely the sense we got in the store of,
1: as it was coming out, all these kids we'd never seen before who, that you could tell they were pop punk. Yeah, right. like, what? Oh, total, what? Yeah. total emo stampede, for yeah. sure. Why are these people, what is it with this one comic that they're all coming in yeah. for? And then sure enough, when we found out who, who Gerard Way was, there was a lot of comic people like... I'm not reading that. I'm not
0: reading yeah. that. But then I find it's a little bit similar now with something like um, Adventure Zone, yeah, or the um, the Critical Role um, comics that they're starting to put out. Like, there's this whole new generation of people who might not have dived into comics before, but something different like a podcast based on D and D adventuring and that sort of thing yeah. is bringing this new wave of people. And it's a bit like the early '90s with the Sandman comics as well, where someone different like Neil Gaiman was coming in, all these goth kids were coming in for that. It's just this weird kind of subculture that's latching onto comics, which is honestly it's one of the best things about comics, is there's something for everybody. Yeah, and it it absolutely helps
1: because anything that gets people interested and something that we've always said is there's a comic out there for everyone, you just have
0: to know to ask. Yeah, that's it. And you know, you just you want you wander around, you see stuff that looks familiar, you have an idea of all right, I like this stuff outside of comics. Where can I find something similar to that in the world of comics? It's just about you know hedging your bets and trying a bunch of different stuff and luckily this gateway drug kind of came out in 2007 for a bunch of different people to go oh oh it's not just all people i mean don't get me wrong there's people in tights punching each other yeah. in brother academy, <laughs> but that's not the whole story yeah like, there's so much going on differently um one thing i found with the comics originally was you could really tell the grant morrison influence I could imagine that, yeah, given his uh, his relationship with Grant Morrison in real it. life. Yeah, no no question. Um, for, for anyone not familiar with the name Grant Morrison, if you're coming to this just as an Umbrella Academy fan or someone who's just watched the show and doesn't really know a lot of the background necessarily, um, Grant Morrison's one of the most famous names in comic books. Um, he was actually responsible for the most famous modern version of Doom Patrol, which has now been adapted into a TV show as well, which Jared Way has been recently writing for DC as well. Um there's, the list of stuff Graham Morrison's worked on is endless. Jump on, jump on wiki, jump on, jump on Google. Uh, there's so much good stuff. Yeah, um, the Happy TV series is something adapted from very his Very much work. so, which we also covered on Sounds Like Comics. Um, good plug there, Jay, I like that. <laughs> very, very well done. Um, yeah, I was, I was a big fan of the comic book. I loved the visual aspect of it. Gabriel Barr's art. Um, I'm a sucker for anything that's got that kind of watercolour kind of pulp combo sort of look to it like really blocky lines for a pulp comic but um, probably the closest thing in modern comics to these days that looks like that is um, Black Hammer by, by Jeff Lemire it's got that kind of balance of a modern a modern style but still having that pulp adventure kind of vibe to it yeah and it's definitely one of the the collected trades cover draws the eye yeah definitely and again Dark Horse Publishing I wonder if that's a that's a kind of house style with some of the stuff that they do that's not adapted Necessarily, it's yeah. something they've gone, all right, we want to bring in something completely different. Um, I know um, Dean Ormston has done a fair bit of the um, the cover art for Black Hammer. Not sure if there's any kind of relationship with him and Gabriel Barr or if they've been, you know, just influenced by similar styles. But that's one thing I definitely noticed when I was flicking back through the interior art prepping for this episode. Like, yeah. yeah, this is really definitely, this has definitely got that yeah, same kind of vibe Absolutely. Um, all right, so we'll kick into... Um, flashing back through the actual tv show i think you're pretty well prepped for running us through this aren't you Jay? yeah i'll do a quick run through of the cast
1: uh i haven't gotten the numbers for each child only luther number one is played by tom hopper diego who i'm pretty sure was number two was played by david Castagnac- sorry, C- Castaneda. sorry uh Alison emmy raver lampman klaus Robert Sheehan, who you might remember from Misfits. Very much. He played so. Nathan and was, of course, great in this. Number five doesn't have another name. He's just number five played by Aiden
0: Gallagher. Yeah, in the in the comics they've all got like code names and stuff, so we'll kind of be we'll kind of be jumping between numbers, names, code names, that sort of thing. So bear with us on this.
1: Yeah, you have Ben played by Justin H. Min and Vanya Ellen Page, probably
0: the biggest name. Of the acting talent for the yeah, series? Yeah, um, like Tom Hopper's popped up in a fair few things here and there, um, but for the most part Ellen Page and um, Robert Sheehan would be the main sort of names that people would notice or faces that people would recognise from other from other stuff. Um, the show opens with basically a funeral. Yes. Like you, you find out as the first episode goes on that... Um, you get
1: a quick introduction of... In this year these kids were all born on the same day and then straight
0: into once you get over the yeah it's got that kind of 1930s newsreel sort of yeah. vibe doesn't it in 1976 these these <laughs> four children were born at the same time blah blah blah, blah, blah. and um yeah you basically find out uh so reginald hargraves is this eccentric billionaire he's basically if sherlock holmes survived to be an old man and was potentially an alien yeah like that's basically as far as close as we can get um He's a very eccentric billionaire. He has all sorts of inventions. He has all sorts of other plots and plans and schemes. He's almost, almost a supervillain, without being a bad
1: guy. Yeah, he's quite emotionless. He doesn't show them any love, but he's he's very much focused on just the training and just his idea of what they want. Uh, constantly taking notes.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of. he's almost experimenting on them at the same time as training them. Yeah, there because is that, a... there's that scientific curiosity Absolutely. sort of aspect to it. Um, weirdly, most people who watch Marvel films will know the actor who played this guy as well, um, Colm Fiore. Yeah. If you have watched any of the Thor movies, he was the original um, Laufy, He was the original Frost Giant, who was the father of Loki. Yeah. What the hell? Like, what a bizarre thing to go. I'm going to go from that to Umbrella Academy. Why? Shut up. That's why. Yeah. And he's
1: one of the, the prosthetics really do a great job of,
0: I know I've seen this guy somewhere, but I just can't place him. Yeah. He's got, he really has that. Um, what, what would be the best way to describe it? Like that kind of steampunk adventurer. Sort of look to him Like yeah. with the handlebar moustache The monocle And yeah. all that kind of thing Because in the comics He's got the The, the code name of The monocle But like they read that again That whole pulp Sort of hero Sort of vibe of it Um I'd say probably similar to something like Alan Moore's Top 10. Yeah. Um, It's got that kind of adventurous sort of vibe to it. But there's that real dark, sinister undertone going on. So you've got like the monocle and then he gives the kids all the um, code names of the space boy, the kraken, the horror, the rumor. There's real, you know, the things you could see emblazoned on a big movie poster in like some... 1930s style like matinee showing sort of thing
1: yeah and everything's this is meal time not talk time this
0: is blah 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 not you know very regimented yeah they they definitely have that kind of military training aspect going on to it um yeah. but yeah we we reunite with them it's been about 20 years since they were last all together or something it like seems, that it seems yeah it seems that
1: they've they they fractured very quickly uh and over the course of time and it was it's pretty much ended up only luther who maintained the? I'm going to keep the Umbrella Academy, I'm going to keep the mission running, and everyone else had gone their own ways. Yeah,
0: and Luther's been living on the moon. The last mission his dad gave him um, was live on the moon, keep an eye on threats externally, um, collect soil samples, data, earthquake tremors, that sort of thing. Um, so he's basically been off world, and he gets a notification. Saying that their father has passed away. Yeah. Um, so they're all brought back together. He slowly assembles everybody in this first episode because they're going to have a funeral for the dad. Um. The whole world reacts because Sir Reginald Hargraves is a big name. Even even after the Umbrella Academy is no longer functioning as yeah. as a full unit or anything like that, they've done the whole superhero team kind of thing with the Domino Masks. It's successful, but then um, there's a whole bunch of controversy. One of the one of the characters, um, Vanya doesn't have any powers. Um, As they they go on, we find out they all were selected by Sir Reginald Hargraves because they all have these, they're born with these gifts, and he's basically used their regimented training and stuff to help explore their gifts and make them better at crime fighting and all that sort of thing. But Vanya has no gifts, so she wrote a tell-all kind of biography about their life being raised by this crazy genius and how she felt being kind of ostracised as part of the group, but not part of the group. Yeah, and, like, being told as a young girl that you're not special and never will be. Yeah, so they, they really lay that on pretty heavy-handed the whole way through the the show. Yeah, very um, Lisa Simpson oh, behind God, the yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very much so, but, like, without being a genius at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah so they, they've come to together, brought back together by this whole um, funeral aspect in the early episodes. Um, there's the will to be read, that sort of thing, um, and they... They've not really been in contact with each other either. Um, one of the missions went wrong um, early on in their careers. The horror, as he's known, um, played by uh, Justin he He seemingly dies on a mission, Yeah. but they don't see what happens to him. They Basically, he has extra-dimensional kind of monsters, like Cthulhu-type yeah. things, living under his skin. Um, and when he gets agitated, they lash out and basically cause havoc and wreck all the wreck all the villains that they're fighting. He's seemingly disappeared, killed in action type thing. Uh, whether he's been torn through another dimension by these creatures, we don't really know. Yeah. Um, and also, number five, the boy, as he's known, um, Aiden Gallagher, he's tried to jump through time. Earlier in his training, he's basically gone, I'm better than this, I can do this, I can do that. Um, his whole power base is about teleporting. Yeah, teleporting through
1: space, but time is... A different matter to space.
0: Yeah, so he gets a bit, big, a bit ahead of himself, a bit big for his britches, um, decides, I'm, I'm good enough, I can do this now. Jumps through time and hasn't been seen since. Yeah. So they, the, the, the whole reunion aspect of the show really kicks into gear. At the end of the first episode, I think it's the first episode, yeah. right at the end, um, he teleports back. There's a big snow storm above their mansion where they were all raised. They're having this big kind of heart to heart in front of the statue of their other brother who just died in action. Yeah. Um, this massive storm kicks in, this portal opens up, and number five jumps back through the, basically the exact same age as when he left. Yeah, yeah. And everyone kind of goes, What the hell? We're all kind of mid 20s, early 30s. Why are you still this? What the hell is going on? Yeah. Um... This is where it gets very um, dirt gently.
1: Yeah, there's a there's definitely uh, a <laughs> gently uh a uh, feel to it and he's kind of writing them off and they're all you know there's the animosity still there between all of them. Yeah. Uh and the episode ends with him talking to Vanya who he feels is he, the only one who will listen and he's it,
0: the apocalypse the world's going to end in 8 days. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big overarching thing is they've got eight days now from their reunion to save the world from an impending apocalypse so you've got that real kind of ticking clock element going on yeah uh, which again I thought was a good thing about this being a shorter run
1: like if if you
0: tried to spin this out into like 15 episodes or something like that you'd really lose that kind of a sense of of impending doom
1: yeah and I did feel especially binge watching this show that ticking clock of they got eight days every time another day goes by I felt it in my head of Man, you guys have really got to start cluing on to
0: what happened. That's it. We, and, but again, it was something I liked about the show is that they didn't just figure everything out like that straight yeah. away. Um, there was that need for actual detective work to be done and linking all the clues and kind of having to work together and rebuild the team. Yeah. Um, Which is what the second episode is. The only
1: thing that number five has, other than the fact that it's in eight days is he has a false eye that he's found in the future in the hands of uh, Luther? because the Umbrella Academy themselves were all dead in a circle. Yeah, he
0: um, when the boy ports into the future, like teleports into the future, he lands at the exact point of the apocalypse having happened um, and he's at the ruins of the Umbrella Academy mansion. He finds the rest of his family all in a circle sitting like... Collapsed under all the rubble, dead in front of him, and his brother, his older brother, Luther, the Space Boy, is clutching this this glass eye. So that's the main clue that he's been kind of carrying around with him this whole time, trying to figure out what happened. And you know, they get some really good shots of um of the boy going through this whole blow blasted wasteland, growing older, keeping an eye on you know trying to gather clues as to what's happened because it's several years in the future from where he was. Yeah but he's also got no idea what led up to that moment. Yeah. So he's trying to kind of, you know, and obviously an apocalypse. You can't really just jump on the web and <laughs> Google everything. You can't Wikipedia what was happening in the world at that time. So Yeah, and he's
1: uh, he's completely alone except for a mannequin that he's <laughs>
0: using basically as a soundboard. Yeah, um, it gets very I Am Legend yeah. in that way, um, which is what, you know, that film take it or leave it for some of the effects and that kind of thing. But that was one thing I did enjoy was somebody who's alone in that kind of wasteland sort of environment. Um, they would need something like that. It's very, um, Wilson and Castaway as well. Like you need somebody to talk to, whether it's an inanimate object, whether it's just you recording a blog type thing onto a phone or a video camera, you need something to avoid yourself going completely stir crazy, Absolutely, which is definitely something that the boy has to deal with in his kind of wasteland area.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You also in episode two get introduced
1: to someone tries to do a hit on Five Ways in a coffee shop, a donut shop. Uh, He easily dispatches these not morons, and later on in the episode shows up Hazel and Cha
0: Cha. Yeah, this um, this was definitely jarring. This was one moment I felt was a bit jarring because I knew that this stuff happened so much later in the comic book, this is pretty much all from the second story arc of the comic, Yeah, um, is Hazel and cha are showing up. Um, they work for a, an organisation called the Temps Eternalis, and they're basically in charge of keeping the timeline in check. Yeah, um, Their events are supposed to happen at certain times, according to their superiors, um, and their whole thing is going back and stopping anything that would alter this. Um, so they've been sent back, by their organization to stop the boy from stopping the apocalypse yeah and it's like uh oh holy crap somebody actually wants the apocalypse to happen um and not necessarily from some kind of supervillain side of things either they're just it's just it's, the way it
1: always happens that's
0: it it's like time is time is unilateral you have to make these events happen in course otherwise everything unravels and I'm like that's kind of a good way to do an antagonist without them just being... I'm going to end the world! Um, I thought that was really well handled when, when we finally learned more about uh, the Temps of Eternalis. Yeah. Um, one thing I liked about Hazel and Chacha as well was... In the comics, you never actually see their faces and see oh. who they are. It's just just the masks. Uh. They're, just, they're just these two maniacs. They're a lot more bloodthirsty and a lot more fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really have that kind of natural-born killers kind of vibe going on. Which you do in one later episode's
1: Klaus... Uh, his ability is to talk to the dead, and why he's—it's it, a—he keeps himself high as a way to keep this the voices out.
0: Yeah, the um—we we should really specify all the all the abilities that all the different characters have. So you've got Space Boy who. Um he was kind of the golden batman child sort of thing he's well trained he's he's got all these different abilities he's the most athletic the 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 number one the number one leader kind of thing um he nearly dies on a mission and the only way to keep him alive is by injecting gorilla dna into his body so that he has like hardened skin and all this you know he's able to withstand more punishment yeah in the process though he ends up kind of being mutated and becomes this giant hulking sort of- Monkey man. Monkey man monster, yeah. <laughs> um, so he he's always wearing like big heavy overcoats. He's wearing like a turtleneck. He looks like an offshore, se- um, offshore seaman. He does, he does. Um, but it's basically to hide the fact that he's now become this crazy hulked out rage monster type thing. So yep. there's a very kind of, you know, weird sort of vibe with him where he's got this restrained anger where he's still trying to be the leader and still trying to be the driving force for the team. But it's like, don't piss him off because he will lose his shit and you'll all get wrecked in the process. Yeah, yeah, the the, the Kraken uh, played by uh, David Castaneda. He doesn't really... Have any powers except like he he can bend any object he throws, so he seems to be able to like literally move its trajectory based on his own will. It's kind of more like reflexes, isn't it? Like Mm. he's just got enhanced reflexes and aim and that sort of thing. It's very, um, very Hawkeye bullseye kind of thing, yeah. Um, but he he's kind of more of a generic crime fighter,
1: yeah. Um, I want to be Batman, very much so, in leather and wool, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, they even make a joke in the first episode when they're reuniting. He, has, he wears this get up, and he, he, it's the only thing you ever see him in, and it's got a bunch of knives because that's his weapon is throwing knives. Yeah. And they go, oh, do you think he wears that all the time? And Allison is like, what, like in the shower?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and that's it. And the fact that all his other, his other family and all the other characters point this out about him, even though they haven't seen him in all this time, it's like they're still aware... Yeah, he's compensating for something with this whole get-up. Yeah, and um, he's the only one still actively fighting crime as well. Yeah, so we get a couple of shots of him working with the police and investigating crime scenes. Even and this, though the police hate him doing it. That's it. But this is how we first find out about um, number five, the boy getting attacked by this whole group of agents, is Diego goes to investigate the crime scene where the, the diner's all been shot up and he's like, all right, that footage, I recognise that boy, but yeah. he shouldn't. Be back yet? Yeah, and then he shows back up in the mansion, that kind of thing, and yeah, they again actually showing the legwork, yeah, of putting all the pieces together. I really appreciated that in the show. Yeah. Um, the rumor, also known as Allison, uh, her power is basically using lies to influence. Yeah, like hypnotic suggestion, but it always works. Yeah, like, and she has to use the whole phrase. I heard a rumor that. And then says what she wants to happen. Yeah. Um, she's a famous movie star, famous brand ambassador. She's basically like a Beyonce Kardashian type. Um, yeah. Maybe using her powers to get to that status. This is it. Yeah, like it's they never really specify that in the comics, um, in the show either. But it's pretty, it's pretty implied yeah. that she's used her power to get to a point of influence. Um, but she's now estranged from her husband and her child. Because she's used these powers on them. Yeah. And the the father realizes it and basically has put out a restraining order on her. So she's she's come back to the family side of things because she has nowhere else to go in terms of her personal life. She's still famous. She's still well known. Like, this is not public knowledge, but she feels horrified at what she's done. So she's trying not to use her powers if she can avoid it. Yeah. And trying to reconnect, especially with Vanya,
1: because there's a lot of guilt going on, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Hazel, played by Cameron Britton, does a phenomenal job.
0: At first... Yeah, because he's um, Haz- Hazel and cha as we said, um, they're part of the um, Temps Eternalis. um Because it's Mary J. Blige yes, that plays Cha-Cha, Cha-Cha, isn't it? They have a fucking awesome dynamic. They like really Their chemistry do. they have together is unbelievable. Like You would not have expected these two to become such a central part of the show. Yeah, and... There are also people who watched the show ahead of me kept
1: saying, like, oh, Hazel. And when I was watching it, th- especially the early episodes, I'm like, he's a psychopath. <laughs> Why do you all feel for him? But as you get on, it you do start to feel for these characters and yeah. you start to understand
0: their dynamic in you know, a kind of a sweet weight Yeah, that's it. They um they show like or they mention it's very similar to like Hawkeye and Black Widow where they've been on so many missions, there've been a lot of bloodshed and they've kind of like forged in the fires of battle together. They've been watching each other's back all this time. But there's still that kind of is this everything? Yeah. Is this our lives? Like, this is all we get? Just constantly going and murdering other people rather yeah. than to just go and live out a paradise life?
1: Yeah, she she toes the company line, like, this is just how it is. And he's very much like, those stupid pencil
0: pushers don't yeah. understand how hard it is. There's a lot There's a lot of bitterness going on with him <laughs> at this point, yeah. Um, but yeah, the there's, there's seance uh, played by Robert Sheehan. Um, again, I think he's number f- six. I think, I think no, Ben number, was number six. That's right, he's number four, you, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, his power... As Jay mentioned earlier Is communicating with the dead He's basically a human Ouija board Um, So he literally has Hello and goodbye Tattooed (laughs) on his hands Um, He has not got a lot of control Over his powers Because his dad Sir Reginald Hargraves Spent so long experimenting on him As a kid Like locking him in crypts And exposing him to dead bodies and that sort of yeah, thing yeah and not it's pretty doing fucked it up they don't a, yeah they really like in the comics they've only just now in the most recent storyline that's coming out they've only really now kind of showed a lot of that um whereas in the show they did a good job of showing yeah he was he was messed up from an early age this power was not something a child should be kind of forced to handle yeah and he wasn't
1: taught how to handle it wisely he was literally thrown in a deep end with sir reginald
0: like well you got it how have you not figured it that's out it. yet? use it's this very pa- easy yeah, that's it. use this power i understand how it works even if it's not my power you should be able to figure it out it's like uh no i need a bit more, more a bit more guidance than that yeah yeah um, and also i'm having people who died horribly scream at me 24 like, 7 365 <laughs> yeah i'm yeah, exactly. a child <laughs> um so yeah he uses drugs alcohol sex anything he can get his hands on to basically dull the pain yeah. if he's zoned out, he can't focus, which means he can't hear the voices. Yeah. So his whole thing, is it's very similar to Robert Sheehan's character in Misfits in that way, where that whole bravado kind of aspect and that whole drug-taking persona is to mask the pain he's going through. Yeah. Um, and Robert Sheehan does a fantastic job. He's so good. Like, um, cons- yeah. Considering the other role he did at the same time as this was that awful Mortal Engines movie, <sighs> this is like night and day compared to that. Yeah. And he's also instantly the one... You feel most
1: for you. He just has that sort of charisma. The only voice he can never shut out is
0: his dead brother Ben. Yeah. The uh the Kraken as we um sorry the horror as we mentioned earlier. Um his brother just follows him around. He's always basically telling. He's his conscience. Yeah. He's He's, he's me cricket. He's totally just telling him to get his shit together and like help everybody and actually do something with his life rather than just being high and drunk all the time. Yeah. Which I kind of think is it's a great way to keep that character in the focus. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, we never really see much of ben in that way no no, he's always he he pops up right at the end but we never really see him doing the same thing and i think this works better yeah absolutely you got to keep him in the consciousness otherwise he comes out of left field yeah exactly um the final member of the umbrella academy who kind of becomes the focus of the entire season is vanya who has no powers is a little bit she's she's really got that kind of woe is me vibe following her around yeah and
1: she's meek uh and she's always taking these tablets which are a medication
0: and yeah it's supposed to be like medication for her social anxiety and her depression and that sort of thing um this i felt this was a bit heavy-handed yeah and
1: if you hopefully you've watched the show please watch the show because we're about to spoil something massive
0: yeah she has powers yeah and the, the the pills were created by Sir Reginald Hargraves to suppress her powers. It's the only way, because she's so unbelievably powerful, that when she yeah. gets her focus, she channels it through her, um, her emotions, um, in particular through her violin playing. Yeah, it's, she
1: takes the harmonic resonance of the energy around her and amplifies it to direct it as she sees fit. Yeah.
0: And the way they did her powers in this I really liked and I light that they showed as she got more comfortable comfortable and confident with her powers, she was able to kind of focus them in specific areas rather than just a big wave of destruction yeah. just hitting everything, um, especially later on the scene with her and Alison. Oh, right? yeah. They did a great job with that. So great. Um, so you've got this creepy this creepy guy who shows up and the fact that you can tell straight up like, from day one when he shows up and starts hanging out with Vanya it's it's really telegraphed. Yeah. Like there's something wrong with this guy and there's something off about him. I don't know if it's just the actor's face or just the way he plays it. Yeah, I he would...
1: plays it really creepy, which he should. Um, and of... I've seen him in other things where he's quite a sympathetic character, uh, yeah. actor, but in this, I think he plays it to perfection
0: and because of Vanya's the lack of social skills, yeah, medication, and it's kind of been a few years since her bio her tell or biopic about Umbrella Academy came out, so she's kind of faded into the background of the public eye. Yeah, she's, so she's, she's kind of she's desperate. For picking, some, yeah, she's not really picking up on those social cues that are askew. No, and she's she's kind of desperate for some human contact that isn't just centered around the Umbrella Academy as well, and her being like the leftover sister as well. Yeah, um, so she welcomes this guy with open arms. Yeah. Um, Leonard Peabody, played by John Magaro. Thank you. Uh, yeah he he kind of is able to worm his way into her life straight away and he we won't go too in depth into what his deal is but um it's clear he knows who the umbrella academy is and the way they kind of show his relationship to the team unravel yeah um, that was really well done yeah really well paced as well because again they don't show you at first you just left there
1: hopefully cluing on I don't like that, that she keeps hanging out with this guy. When Allison meets him, uh, straight away... Straight cause away, because she's cause she's, in, she's like, man, I don't, there's something about this guy.
0: Well, Especially for someone like her who is famous. She'd deal with stalkers and weirdos yeah. and that kind of thing. She'd have a sixth sense for these kind of things being, all right, yeah, there's something not, oh, not right about this guy. We should definitely keep you away from him. Whereas Vanya feels like, oh, you're just trying to take away something else from me. Yeah. And it kind of fosters, it, you know, reignites that kind of... Antagonism between the two of them, yeah, which again is really well played because initially uh, Allison's being a bitch,
1: but as she starts to realise, oh, I can't be this way. Like, I need to repair this damage, not like keep hitting the same point. Especially because she's estranged from her own daughter. The, like, it's it. You really
0: feel it. You feel like, oh God, will you two just get over this? Yeah, and like much in the same way, like, Allison's trying to rebuild the bridges with Vanya, uh, her and Luther. Were, to reconnect. They were really close as children growing up. Um, Too close for brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even adopted. That shit's not on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really well handled. Luther's trying to kind of still be the leader of the team and gather everyone together. He's like send, trying to send them all, all out on missions. And they're like, uh, we don't actually work for you. We don't even work for dad anymore. We, yeah. like We're over
1: this. We're just trying to sort out our lives. <laughs> yeah,
0: and there's that whole vague kind of thing going on where... Some of them are convinced that it was murder. That the, their father passed away from murder. They don't know what's going on. Um, we've we failed to mention it actually at this point as well the uh, the robot mother yeah. that they have in the house as well. Like Sir Reginald Hargraves is so busy with all his experiments and all his other plans and plots, he creates this android mother, Grace, played by Jordan Claire Robbins, who is phenomenal. Yeah, she does a great job. Yeah. Um, Really reminded me of Gillian Anderson in American Gods season one, yeah, like that kind of um, I Love Lucy style, yeah, fifties like perfect Americana mother. Absolutely, yeah, that whole Norman Rockwell painting yeah. sort of vibe to her. But and, she, but despite being despite being a robot and despite obviously being a little bit kind of disconnected because she's not human, uh, there's real, real touching moments of tenderness, especially her and um, Diego. Yeah, like, she's actually the mother
1: the emotional center of the family because sir reginald couldn't be bothered with any of that stuff so that's what she was programmed for yeah um and she's actually the one who names them. Sir reginald only gave them numbers yeah their names came from the mother that's it
0: and the numbers came from there according to usefulness yeah like that's <laughs> like that's the kind of fucked up household they were going to grow yeah. up in without this mother so um yeah she does a great job in this uh the other kind of character that's keeping an eye on them, is... The Monkey Butler. uh, The Monkey Butler, yeah. Alfred, but in monkey form. Yeah. Uh, Pogo is the character's name. Uh, Uh, Played by Adam Godley. I will say about Pogo, holy shit, how well did they do the animatronics and the CGI? It is phenomenal.
1: It is better CGI on a monkey than the recent Planet of the Apes films. Yeah.
0: I felt like this is the kind of thing they were aiming for with something like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like that kind of level of... Crazy animatronics being Like literally being in front of you Yeah Um, I will say I did not like Pogo as a character though
1: I I liked him Compared
0: to the comic book side of things It's the one time it really jarred for me Because in the comics um, He knows from day one That there's something a bit off about Sir Reginald Hargrave. Yeah. And like he appreciates that he's, he literally is a um, genetically modified ape. Yeah. Um, he's just a monkey. He's almost like Detective Chimp from the DC comics, where yeah. he's been genetically engineered and modified and that sort of thing. Um, but he has all the intelligence of a human and all the social cues of a human. Yeah. Despite being an ape form. Um, so he appreciates these experiments giving him a chance at a different kind of life but he also has that humanity that Sir Reginald Hargraves does not have. So he looks out for the kids a lot more. He keeps an eye on Sir Reginald Hargraves' plans and makes sure they don't go too far yeah. into the into the realms of super villainness. <laughs> um, yeah, We, yeah, didn't, we it, didn't really get enough of that in the show. for No, nah, he takes a side role. I'm guessing that's because
1: of the expense of doing the character. I kind of thought the same thing. Um, but you get a sense early on that he's hiding something, but he is generally trying to help the kids. He st-
0: He wants them back in the house. He wants them to, around yeah. each other. Yeah. I. I appreciated that they kind of had him shown being in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Like. But it, yeah, he does know
1: all of the dirty laundry that should never have gotten that far. Yeah.
0: I did feel at times that him withholding information from them, it just made everything take way longer. Yeah. Like it, 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 he could have just told them certain things, and it would have cut like days out of their whole adventure.
1: Yeah, especially when you get to um I'm gonna skip ahead to episode 6, which is where you get the day that didn't never happened, which was everything's falling apart. Uh 5 is jumped back to working for the Temporal Agency
0: although Yeah, he's it's... at this point he's kind of been recruited, like we find out a flash to the apocalypse. In the future where he's gone completely loopy, he's got a big grey bushy beard, <laughs> um, he gets recruited by the Tempse Denalis to leave the wasteland and go and work for them, jumping through time, killing off certain things, um, and he's really good at his job. He's the best at uh, it. He's the at best it. at it, yeah. Despite being in, like, a little boy body type thing. Yeah. because um, they kind of clean him up and sort him out and that sort of thing, um, He's the best at what he does. Yeah. Um, even Hazel and Charchar, when they realise who it is, are kind of like, "Shit, this guy's a legend." Yeah. Did you hear about the thing he did over there? Yeah, that's it. Like, there's that constant kind of vibe of even his his superior, who does a fantastic job as well. Yeah, um, that is that is the handler played by Kate Walsh, who uh, most people will know from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. of all things. <laughs> um, again, unexpected kind of how much this role gets fleshed out, because, again, in the comics, it's kind of like a shadowy figure you don't really see as much. Yeah. Kate Walsh does a phenomenal job. Yeah. She is so charming, and she's having so much fun with what she's doing as a character and as an actress. You can tell she's just living, like, absolutely living the dream. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they did a great job with their kind of dynamic as well, where there's that that distrust, but that need to work together.
1: Yeah, and while he's uh, working there it's clear he's just trying to find that last clue of who the hell does he have to take out to stop the
0: apocalypse yeah he's clearly using them for information gathering and that sort of thing and that's what leads to him coming back in the first place yeah. but without him there a day unfolds
1: where luther and allison finally get together and have a beautiful moment klaus managed to get hold of cha and hazel's uh, briefcase, which
0: is how they jump through time to where they need to yeah, conduct that's, missions. That's how the the of Terminus travels to all these different points in history to be able to affect change and make sure certain events happen. Yeah. Um, it's the most. It's kind of the the most important central part for their side of the story. Is make sure they have this briefcase, which is why they don't just you know nuke the whole the whole city yeah. and then just go on their merry way because they don't have their briefcase. Um, number uh, the seance has stolen their briefcase. Yeah, launched himself through time and ends up in Vietnam, yeah, in the middle of the Vietnam War. Because, yeah. you know, why not? Yeah, he wasn't already messed up enough, so exactly, yeah. hurt him some more. <laughs> um, this is another part that was in the second volume of the comic. Yeah, I figured um, so. But it's not just the seance who goes through into the Vietnam War. Space boy and the boy oh, wow. get dragged with him as well, so they all end up serving in 68. In, in 68. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Um, yeah, and he meets like
1: a a guy who he falls in love with and has this really passionate relationship, going against all his own worst self to go out of his way and fight a war with this guy who eventually dies, which is the only reason he returns. He manages to get clean enough to use his powers properly and contact his boyfriend. Uh, Everyone seems to have a nice uh, final day and then... 5 comes back and alters the timeline and this day gets washed out and the way it plays out afterwards horrifying. Yeah, that's
0: it. So much more chaotic and fucked up. And it's like I like that they show how fluid time can be but also showing, yeah, man, like just stop fucking with things. Yeah. Um yeah, it's really well handled this episode. And normally I'm not a fan of like time rewrite episodes like this, but this one was really really well handled, I thought. Um and like Jay said it kind of leads from here to that Feeling of desperation starts to kick in Because we're like two days out from the apocalypse Yeah They kind of haven't really achieved anything No, and
1: by coming back Five almost ruins everything worse Because they
0: had kind of consolidated And uh, like patched up everything beforehand Even Vanya had kind of reconnected with Allison properly Yeah Um, Creepy weirdo guy Seemed like he was on the level Um, Yeah, it was It was almost kind of averting the apocalypse naturally Yeah and by him interfering, Is the it's kind of it's, it's almost reset the timeline back to the apocalypse yeah. in a way, which I thought was kind of awesome that he's working so hard and because he's trying so hard and he's so again because he's been living in this apocalypse or jumping through time, his social cues are not quite on the level either. Yeah, so he's not picking up on when people are actually helping each other he just thinks everything's everyone's got an agenda yeah like well no you're the one with the agenda you're projecting that onto everyone else yeah and it's that classic
1: by knowing the future and fighting against it you ensure it's happening yeah yeah the whole butterfly effect kind of thing absolutely Um, so how it happens is in the day that wasn't allison is with luther when he discovers his mission to the moon
0: was just
1: his, Sir Reginald sending him away.
0: Yeah, it was basically a distraction because Reginald Hargraves, every time he looked at Luther now, he saw him as a failure. Like he was just embarrassed because he's like, oh, I, he was the best of us. He was my golden boy. And now I don't even want to call him number one. I want to call him Space Boy because he's no longer number one. He's yeah. not, he's a failure in terms of experiments. He's a failure in terms of being a, a crime fighter because he nearly died on his own, blah, blah, blah. And, again, it drives home the point that Sir Reginald Hargraves, he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so, when in the day, Allison's there to help him, like, realise that's not important. We have each other now. We yeah, have a time. We have this mission once we save the world and when, once we make sure the apocalypse doesn't happen, we have all the time in the world to keep care for each other and rebuild the, our, our lives in this way.
1: Yeah, whereas in when Five comes back, he finds out, on his own. There's no one there for the emotional support and Pogo explains to as he did the previous day but without Alison there to help steer his like it's just something's positive. Yeah, he just lashes out and goes a bit insane. Yeah, gets high and yeah. like
0: Klaus the one trying to get sober <laughs> ironically. Yeah, he to... ends up having to look after him which is a, a really nice reversal of their, of their roles. Yeah. Um, and I liked getting to see Luther cut loose. Like it's the whole... Yeah, because he's basically a version of Cyclops from the X-Men. like You you see this big stoic leader kind of cutting loose and going, ah, fuck it, why am I always the one looking after everybody? Um, Which I thought was really well handled.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really great. And Klaus having to fight, like, oh, this isn't working, maybe I should just... That's
0: it, do I just get high in the process as well? He's trying to stay clean. And And then
1: he kind of almost gets stampled to death, which finally he does the thing that he should have been able to do this whole time. Contact, managed to reach into the the seance and the afterlife and speak to his dad, who explains he actually killed himself because he
0: realised that was the only way to get them all back That's together. because he knew the apocalypse was coming. He had had visions of the future. Um, again, this is where we get a bit more of a background on Sir Reginald Hargraves, and there's the little hints that he may not be from Earth. Yeah. Um, whether he's from another dimension whether he's from another planet they kind of they keep that vague enough that it's like oh we'll, maybe we'll explore more of that in future maybe we'll leave it vague yeah. in the comics it's left kind of vague and I, I actually prefer it being a bit vague yeah. in that way
1: let your own imagination fill the
0: blank. exactly exactly um, yeah so now number five no, the seance he has the crucial bit of information that we don't need to worry about solving dad's murder that's not part of yeah. the whole apocalypse coming around that's just an incidental thing that's got us all together, so now we can stop this from happening. Yeah, what we find out is Klaus
1: uh, had been pinching stuff from around the house. One of the things he pinched was this box with notes of Sir Reginald. And this is where we get to the Crete Peabody, whose actual name is Harold Jenkins.
0: Yeah, so Leonard Peabody is an alias that he's been using. He's just recently gotten out of prison and... um, yeah, he's got a bit of an obsession with the Umbrella Academy. Yep. Um, he grew up in a very abusive household. His father was a heavy drinker, used to beat him all the time. Yeah, um, He was
1: born the same day as the rest of them, but naturally, and his mother died
0: in childbirth. Yeah, so he develops this whole obsession with the Umbrella Academy, saying, oh, I'm just, I'm just another member of the team. I'm a mem- another member of the team. I was born on the same day. I must have secret powers. I just haven't unlocked them yet. Um, and he goes to one of their missions... <sighs> Puts himself in costume and like tries to join in with them. And Sir Reginald Hargraves humiliates him in front of this whole crowd of people. And basically says, you're nothing special. You're just, you're just another nobody or another wannabe. And like ha, 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 laughs in his face. The whole crowd laughs with him. Um, and he, this basically is the traumatic event that pushes him over the edge. Yeah. He kills his father. He gets locked away in
1: prison. Yeah, comes out, goes straight back to the academy because he's a stalker. And that's where he finds the notes that Klaus is throwing the... The trash, which has all the information about Vanya and her powers and how they work. Yeah,
0: because... When Seance steals this box, he's just basically a full-on junkie at this point and he just wants anything that's worth money and he sees it being lined in gold and he's like, oh, this, be, this must be worth something. Ah, oh, just a box full of paper, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, Dumps it in the trash. But the
1: box I can sell for, to get high. That's it. So <laughs>
0: all, the, all the notebooks and that kind of thing, uh, Leonard, Leonard Peabody slash Harold Jenkins, he finds, and like Jay says, he realises he can use this to kind of control their destiny by yeah. unlocking Vanya's powers. Um so he goes to, when we first see him meet her, he goes to her for violin lessons. Yeah. Um, I want to learn to be a violin player, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they use that to kind of worm their way. He uses that to worm his way in. Yeah. Um, she
1: deals he her meds and gets rid of them and she has no way to refill that without Sir Reginald
0: around anymore. Yeah, so she's kind of like, like somebody coming off that kind of medical cocktail She's got that whole vibe of I feel amazing but I don't know why Yeah, And it's like well you're coming down from Some really strong drugs But you're also having your powers activated For the first time in like 15-20 years yeah. So she's got this whole thing of like I just feel really amazing when I'm around Leonard So she has that connection to yeah. him But it's artificial, it's basically because Her powers are coming to life And she doesn't realise that he's manipulating her Not just to control her But he's also trying to unleash hell yeah. and get revenge on not just the Umbrella Academy but on the entire world for leaving him in this situation. <laughs> so it's really kind of well done in this kind of way.
1: Yeah, And it um, all
0: spirals out of control. You get- yeah,
1: he, uh, he does teach her how to use her powers because he knows, because Sir Reginald knows how to use them. Uh, he
0: yeah, He's using a lot of the techniques he learned in the notes and yeah. that sort of thing.
1: Uh, he even has to set up to get her to get emotional enough to unleash her powers. He pays these guys to beat him up, which is... How he loses an eye, he will need a prosthetic for. That's
0: it. So that little hole gets plugged straight away. Yeah. um, Which is why they were clutching the eye in the rubble in the future. Yeah. It's like, this was the one clue that we needed. Um, Um, Allison goes up to, out to these woods to reconnect with her, but she's gotten too emotional and she's, still thinking it's a jealousy thing that's it so the start of this episode we've got alison doing all this digging and investigating again that legwork that detective work showing them actually making an effort to find out what's going on yeah uh, which i really appreciated um and it's never done in a way where you're like oh get on with it it's like no you're trying to find out as well as this episode goes on she's
1: using her celebrity to go along with this cop oh i'm looking for a role i can i follow you around for like research into the role but actually
0: she's getting access to the crime scenes but without using her powers yeah. which is a really you know it shows that she has got good detective work underneath everything yeah. she's got that crime finding ability she doesn't need to rely on her powers necessarily yeah it's really well done yeah. um so she she, she gets... goes yeah she goes to confront um Harold and Vanya in this cabin that's like Har- Harold's grandmother's cabin out in the middle of nowhere He's using that to kind of that area to control her powers and let her focus and use them. Um, Allison shows up and instead of getting the calm, friendly reunion that we had in episode six in The Day That Never Happened yeah. where it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and everyone apologises and they're like, all right, we need to rebuild ourselves. But she can still have her powers necessarily yeah. now that she's so emotional and she feels like Allison's trying to take something else away from her. Um, she just lashes out with her bow of a violin and slices allison's throat yeah seemingly killing her yeah um so yeah everything just kind of spirals completely out of control from this point you get vanya on the run but also realizing she's been manipulated by leonard yeah um and she basically when he he pushes it too far, yeah, he's kinda like, I'm controlling you now, do as I say. Yeah, I want helping with, you. That's it. How dare you not be appropriate? It's that whole kind of manipulative nice guy sort of act, like, I want to use your powers for my ends. How dare you not appreciate that I'm saving you? And yeah. she just goes, Fuck this, yeah. Lashes out whole bunch of knives in the in the house that they're like kind of holed up in. Yeah. Leaves in for dead. Yeah. Which,
1: you know, they do this in a
0: really smart uh, way of like that
1: nice guy who if I hang out with a chick and buy her these things and spend time, she has to reciprocate. It's con- done in kind of the same way. Yeah, that, that, that manipulative like, sort of yeah, behavior is a,
0: it's really well shown on the yeah, show. Yeah, and
1: there's a reason why this guy feels like a creep from the start. Yeah. Um, now they show up. They manage to subdue her because she's kind of shocked at what she's done. Yeah, she's, and she's still she's guilty of Alison and Luther. Instead of listening to literally everyone else Including
0: Alison who's not dead Who's having to scroll what she wants That's like it. She no longer has control over her power She can't use the rumour thing because her throat's been sliced, so her vocal cords are gone at this point um, She literally Writes down on a um, On a piece of paper yeah. um, Talk to her, let her go Let her explain what happened yeah. And Luther just goes nope, fuck this You nearly, no, you, you you nearly killed, killed Alison Who I'm secretly in love with, blah 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 lock her up in the same thing that dad used to lock her up in yeah like even though klaus pogo
1: all of them are like no 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 we need to talk through this this is yeah like you're doing exactly what dad does and it sends her nuts yeah
0: it basically unlocks the full potential of her powers because she's raging so much about like allison she thinks allison's dead um even though when she finds out allison's not dead she's like how dare you Treat me the same way dad did How dare you all lie to me How dare you all just lock me up Yeah Lashes out Rips open the containment unit That's supposed to dampen her powers Yeah And basically is like Fuck this Brings the mansion down around them Yeah Um, And she goes off She's been auditioning for first chair In this big famous orchestral piece As part of like a choir Yeah Um, This is her opening night She's not having anyone take away her moment Yeah And she's basically like, whatever happens, happens. Like she's heard from Leonard and from all these other people. Like I think the boy mentions at one point that you know you'll be the one who brings ruin down on all of us. And she's just like, fuck, I don't care. This is all about me for once. Um, So when she plays the orchestra in the final episode, there's so much uh, resonance. That's it. It opens up such a shockwave that it's basically going to bring the moon crashing down on top of us. Yeah. Which is a nice way to bring it full circle to the space boy being on the moon. Yeah. Like if he'd been up there, he would have felt the tremors. And he would have actually been able to help in some way in that in that kind of way. Yeah, um, but instead, uh,
1: it looks like they're going to have to kill uh, Klaus. They do this really interesting thing for the last few episodes where Ben's managed to hit him, even though he's dead and
0: shouldn't be able to interact. Yeah. Like this may be another part of his powers of. That's it. Whether reaching. he's where he never died necessarily, he just got bumped to another dimension. Yeah, so it might be tied in with the, the monsters living under his skin. Yeah.
1: We don't know necessarily. Yeah, but um, Allison, instead of killing Vanya, lets a gun off next to her head, and the shock of it knocks her out. And but yeah,
0: kills her focus, deafens her, so she can't get that same resonance, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the seance to distract her at the same time, he uses his powers to bring their dad around. Yeah, um, well,
1: at least that in the comics. Yeah. And in the in the show, they use. Ben, who unleashes
0: the monsters because there's a hit squad from the... uh, From the Tempestinalis because they're trying to make sure that the apocalypse happens, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, in the comics, um, Seance has another level of his powers where he can actually manifest the dead people, Um, not just his brother, but it's actually their dad who does the whole you're an embarrassment, Vanya, you're this, you're that, and, like, kind of browbeats her. But it's only to distract her. It's not actually them saying anything about it, yeah. but it's enough that she remembers that trauma of being basically mentally abused by their dad. Yeah. And she loses her focus to the point where they're able to subdue her. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, in the show, um, it gets to the point where Hazel and Cha-Cha are... No longer working together. Nah, Hazel's fallen in love with the donut lady, Agnes, played by
1: Sheila McCarthy, who's in quite a few of the episodes. Mm, uh, he's are. found something he doesn't want. He wants more than going around through time, killing people off. Yeah, he, he wants has, to
0: go birdwatching with this lovely woman. He has this lovely line of like, "If we we may only have one day left. Even if I've only got one day left, I want to spend it with you, doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, I don't care. If we live If we live another 100 years If we live another 10 minutes I just want to spend it with you And it's like It's really lovely That they show them Kind of being So smitten and enamoured With each other So early on Yeah I think it's
1: really cute Yeah Especially since they're Both in the uh, Towards the middle To later stages Of their lives Yeah Uh, Like And He manages to get her And a briefcase And sod off uh, And Five uses his power To drag everyone Out of the moment Of the apocalypse Yeah. Where to? He doesn't know.
0: Yeah, the, 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 whole, the whole first season ends with this flash of white. Um, the, moon, the moon stops. They managed to stop the moon from landing, but a big chunk of it's broken off and it's still going to land. So the only way they can kind of avoid the theater that they're in getting crushed is by them porting out of there. Yeah. So he opens up a time portal. Everything goes white. They all get dragged through it. To be continued. For yeah. season two. That's it. Uh, which has been confirmed now by Netflix. No surprise, given how well this rated. Um, even if it cost them a bomb to make, I'm not sure exactly what the budget was per episode. But um, in terms of the respect, critical reception, it's been a smash, a smash hit, and a slam dunk for them. Yeah, I mean, especially there's a
1: moment in episode one where. Uh, all six of them are in the the mansion. They're all dancing to some music that Luther's put on. It's uh, Tiffany. I think we're alone now, isn't it? And the the, the cinematography, they it, it pans out like a dollhouse, and you see them all dancing yeah. in their own ways, including Diego, who's yeah. like relaxing, even
0: though for he's for the like first time tight. ever, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> um, that reminded me a lot of Legion, like yeah. those kind of set piece, sort of music, you know, musical score, kind of sort of music video looking kind of vibes. Yeah, that's when you can tell someone like Jared Way. From the My Chemical Romance background, you can tell he's getting his own like vibe into the show, not just the comics. Yeah, I think that was really well handled. The music
1: selection is really great. The cinematography is fantastic. It's really well put together yeah, series. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I think it says a lot that for a show that's based on a comic that came out a decade ago, um, the amount of people who've turned around and gone, "I need to read the comics." is unfucking believable like yeah. every week we we talk about here at Comic Zone um if we had a box full of the volume 1s we wouldn't have a box of number 1s yeah. because they'd all would have sold like that yeah, straight such away yeah the demand it's crazy like and i think that's that's the the best thing about a show like this being adapted from a comic book is there is source material for people to go back and investigate and explore and kind of enrich their experience of the show
1: yeah like oh what do they do differently oh do i like that but i do also like how they did this differently
0: yeah definitely it's uh it's a nice one to go back and read and do a compare and contrast um i'm actually planning a rewatch before season two starts so i can go back and kind of re-familiarize myself even more and just get that get into that headspace of it yeah um, it's just another reason why that 10 episodes work so perfectly absolutely, there's yeah.
1: no there's no fat to be trimmed because they don't give themselves some time to for filler yeah exactly it's all moving the story forward yeah it worked really really well um,
0: final thoughts Jay tell us what tell us what you thought
1: this is this is phenomenal this is probably the only thing that comes close for me in terms of a slick TV series really well executed um, great use of Uh, characters is deadly class ironically which i believe you're doing uh, another podcast on yeah there will
0: will be an episode coming up next for sounds like comics which will be focusing on deadly class keep your ears and eyes peeled for that one um yeah what would you what would you give umbrella academy out of 10
1: Uh, it's gotta be a nine at least because it's so i I found it so moorish i really wanted to get through it i i wanted to talk to people about it even my friends uh they had all watched it and they all wanted to pick my brain like, oh, with the time traveling stuff and this and that and I read online about this, what can you tell me? Yeah, This is one of those shows that people got invested in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd give it an eight out of 10 personally. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a little bit predictable at times. I don't know if that's just because I'm familiar with the source material or just the way they filmed certain bits, but um, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the show at all. Um, Like Jay said, the world building on this, the vibe of that real Moorish kind of vibe, that feel. Um, I watched it with my family, none of whom have read the comic books, and they were all like, go, 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 next episode. Go, 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 let's go, let's go. More, 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 more. And I think that's a great sign for a show that, even if you're not familiar with the comic books, you can come in and just be like, oh, I'm really invested. I really do want to know what's happening. And the amount of people going, oh, give me season two. I want to know where they're going. Yeah, I think that's a great sign for a show like this and for a a comic series that really has that potential to expand and build that world even further. Um, Yeah, definitely an eight out of 10 for me. I'll be be tuning into season two for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, That was our wrap up on Umbrella Academy season one. Um, By all means, delve into the comic books. There's two volumes out currently and Volume 3 will be released, I believe, in August off the top of my head. Yeah, end of July, early August, nice. right? Um, Hotel Oblivion is the Volume 3 that's happening right now. Um, coming up next in the uh, in the podcast realm of things, as Jay mentioned, uh, Sounds Like Comics will be doing an episode on Deadly Class. Uh, Adam and myself will be delving into that one, kind of trying to get a bit of the Season 1 vibe and a decent amount of the comic books as well. We want to try and avoid going too heavy into the comics and spoiling things for anyone who's watching the show though so um we're going to try and balance a little bit of that. Uh, that Film Stew will be doing an episode on Avengers Endgame later this, this week, I believe. Uh, rewind and Review will be doing an episode on Police Academy, which, <laughs> God, I haven't watched that in years, so that, yeah. might, that might be one to dive back into. Um, we're also putting the call out for you guys to send some information through to us. We are looking for ideas for our very own Sounds Like Comics flashback episodes. Uh, there's rumours about uh, Spawn. There's rumours about um, some Doom Patrol bits and pieces as yeah. well, um, whether it's the original swamp thing movie as well as people were talking about doing Um, i'm definitely keen to do that ready for the new series (laughs) i'm a massive swamp thing fan so i'm definitely keen to delve into the old school stuff the new school stuff a bit of everything Um, but if you've got some suggestions be please send them our way uh either at facebook twitter all over the place direct message comments we want some feedback from you guys we want to know what the deal is cool that's uh that's our episode for this week uh thank you very much for tuning in uh like share subscribe all that good stuff um I've been Gareth. I've been Jay. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.